All right, what's going on, everybody out there? Simba Ali, we are fucking bad. <clears throat> I know it's been a long time to everybody out there. If you decided to quit me, I totally understand. Um, like I said, I've been podcasting for almost four years now, a little over four years now, but I took a long time off. So to all the people that are coming back to the podcast, um, I know you came to <clears throat> hear an intelligent black man speak freely on issues that black men are usually scared to speak about. We are here in the building, Simba Ali, TNSP, the podcast. There is no other podcast out there like this. And that's that's why, that's why the main reason why I had to come back. I came back for you guys. I came back for the people, for the fucking people. What's going on out there to everybody out there, all my truckers that are listening to me, everybody that's out there going to work, in your cars, on your lunch breaks, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. We are gonna be going um, we're going to be doing the episodes back to <clears throat> back to weekly, once a week. You can expect the episode where I'll just be updating you um, like I used to do. Um, some episodes always be better than others, but that's the podcast game. I kind of got away from it. I started to run the internet, and I developed uh, my interviewing section where I interview people. Well, I don't really interview people. I kind of talk to people, just have conversations, <clears throat> and I put it up on my page, turn it into content. So I have that. Um, then I have my clips where I talk about, you know, the current events, whole swooping hip-hop, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, sports, drugs, and, enter and entertainment. And those pages are doing well. You know, I've kind of gotten away from staring up the good niggas. You know what I mean? Just the radical shit that I say, which I usually say on my podcast. You know, my podcast is where I can be free, um, not too much worried about sponsorships. And we're going to talk a little bit about that on the show, about where I am and but I'm just I'm just happy that to see people back listening to the podcast. I've grabbed my people from Podbean, my um, supporters from Podbean are back in the building. What's up to y'all? I got a new group of truckers, like I say that I found out listening to my podcast. I'm a truckers out there, and um, <clears throat> Spotify, iTunes, everybody out there. What's going on? Um, if you want to call into the podcast, don't forget the number is six five one five one five six five eight one. You can call into the podcast. We can talk about the crazy things that I say on my social media platforms. I do say some crazy things. But it, once again, I don't say it to shock people. These are just my original thoughts and things that I feel deeply about after years and years of research. This is things that I've researched for years before I come to these conclusions. So as shocking as they might be to you guys, that's just because you guys are years, light years behind me. If we were on the same time, um, if we were on the same time plane, you would see things it wouldn't seem so crazy to you. But anyway, Simbali, we are here. A few things we want to talk about in the podcast today. I just kind of want to bring you guys up to date on what's been going on. <clears throat> like I said, doing the rebranding thing. Um, I did kind of go down the road of trying to make my podcast about interviews. But then I realized that I don't really think that the, anybody, and it's not just, I don't think anybody is more interesting than myself. Now, I will come across people that I do want to have on the show organically. Um, I'm not with the whole paying people. I'm not with, I, I just don't like that. I don't feel like I should pay anybody for their story. You know, if you want to share your story on my podcast, you want to come on the show, you want to chop it up, have, you know, just put one in the air, drink and all that kind of shit <clears throat> organically, then that's what I'm with. And, but this was a, a lesson as I learned and I had the, the, as I learned and the procedures and the steps that I had to take to get guests, I was like, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like to do this. I don't like to ask somebody to come on my show when I'm a goddamn fool. I'm a motherfucking fool. I'm the star. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, Eddie Murphy, Denzel Washington, 
Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, Tupac Shakur, Malcolm X, all wrapped up into one loud talking American. Why the fuck would I go get somebody else? You understand what I'm saying? Like why? And 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 it's, it's, some people would say, well, that's cocky, some of that's vain. That's you're fucking right. It is. I'm big headed. I'm watching the fucking <clears throat> Kanye West documentary on Netflix, and I'm like, gosh, me and Kanye have a lot of things in common. We're both big headed. How he does with music, I do with podcasting, how I do everything, everything by myself, editing, recording, the ideas, the charisma, the jokes, everything is me. And he did the same thing <clears throat> with music and still does to this day. That doesn't mean he does every single thing, but that means every aspect of what it means to be him, he is hands on with. He is, he is the, um, the originator of the energy. <clears throat> Sometimes you need other people to help paddle, but I am the captain of the ship. Feel me? So, yes, um, I've been doing the, uh, sorry, you guys heard the click clicks there. We're all connected on all levels. Simba Ali, the Star Podcast. Like I say, don't forget to tune in on iTunes. Don't forget to tune in to my um, YouTube channel, the North Star TV. Tap that in and have a great, <clears throat> great time with your popcorn, the North Star TV. And like I said, we got the podcast. We got the clips. We got the merchandise. <clears throat> Sorry, you guys, I've been smoking. So you know what happens when you smoke. But, um, yeah, we got the merchandise, the Savoir Fair shirts. Dope. Fucking dope. You guys got to get you these things. So these are all the things that I've been trying to put together, and which is a big reason, a big part of why I haven't been there here podcasting for like a year, I realized. Since we did the live little episode where we talked about live on Lake Street and we talked about all the war in Russia, you guys got me in. You pulled me back in like the Godfather. That was fun. And thank you, everybody that came into the chat room. But <clears throat> it's been a year since we did that, since I podcast like that. So focused on getting guests. So focused on creating my merchandise. Uh, focused on rebranding. <clears throat> and realizing that there's certain platforms where I can't speak so um, brashly. You know, and kind of how to play this social media game. And still be able to do me. So one, like I said, I was kind of going down the road of interviewing people. And then I realized I don't want to interview people. Everybody does that. Every podcast that I look at seems like they have to go get somebody. So people will tune into their show. And I'm like, I want to break ground. I want to be one of the first black American podcasters where people just tune in to see him. What he has to say. It, it, I don't need to see him with a guest. It's good when I can. And what I'm kind of aiming towards doing is having like one guest a month I'm thinking about. So I'll have my <clears throat> goddamn. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, people. <clears throat> so I'll have my um my weekly every week a podcast episode like this. That I'm going to upload to iTunes and Spotify and all the podcast platforms. Then I'm going to have a weekly clip where I talk about what's going on in the current events of sports, drugs, and entertainment. Maybe a little bit. I try to stay away from politics on that platform. But that's the North Star TV. And those are like 5, 10, 15 minute clips of me just being really funny. That funny side of me that makes people laugh and feel good. It's, that's what I want to do there. I don't want to make people feel bad. There. I want to make people laugh and have a good time. 5, 10, 15 minute clips about what's going on in entertainment or sports or, you know, just the current events in our culture. So that's North Star TV with the clips. 
Then I'm going to have my interviews. And like, <clears throat> like I said, with the interviews, what I would like to do is have one guest a month. Every month, I'm going to have a guest. <clears throat> and that way, it would be more organic. Because there are a lot of people that ask to be on the show. There's people that I want to have on the show. But I don't want to have you know a guest and then it's like, oh, I can't put out an episode. I don't have a guest. Bullshit. <laughs> you out of your fucking mind. David Ruffin. They didn't come to see you, Otis. You feel me? They came to see David Ruffin. So anyway, that's what's going to be going on with the podcast. So thank you to everybody that came back. We are here. We're going to talk about a few things. Like I said, the chat lines, the call lines are open. Feel free to call in if you want to do that. Um, I said a couple things today about the marches. They're protesting in the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, the inner city, in the inner city of Minneapolis. The teachers are out protesting, um, claiming that they want more foot space. They want oh, a bunch of amenities. Just be, these motherfuckers are spoiled. You know, these motherfuckers are spoiled and they want more and more and more and to do less. That's all to say. We want more and to do less. We'll talk about it, but let's 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 rewind about what's been going on in my life. I had to pull my son from a goddamn basketball game. Fucking right, I did. I had to pull my son from a goddamn basketball game. Walked out like Lonzo fucking ball. Goddamn right I did, who they thought they was fucking with. You don't fuck with my son, bitch. Yes, so, <clears throat> as you know, me and my son, my family, were a basketball family. We're a military and basketball family. And my, my son, is playing basketball and he tried a new team this year, uh, the Minneapolis Lakers. Now, I'm thinking the Minneapolis Lakers, they have to have ties to the fucking city, not just a corner of the fucking, not just a smidgen. I'm talking about the state. They got to be tied to the state. Sorry, not the city. They have to be tied to the fucking state. Minneapolis Lakers, that's one of the first basketball teams ever. George Mikan, number 99. Come on now, George, come on. So I'm like, fuck. So we try him out for the Minneapolis Lakers. <clears throat> He makes the fucking gold team, right? Shout out to Cinco. You guys follow Cinco on all my shit. Cinco's journey when I put his basketball clips. You see, a lot of my family and friends, that's the only thing that you guys seem to like is the fucking Cinco shit or, you know what I'm saying? So you know about Cinco's journey. So he makes the gold fucking team of the Lakers. So right away, when he's playing, he's not getting the playing time that his mother and I think that he should be getting. But he's there with better players, right? Now, these ain't what we thought when he got to the Lakers. He was going to be playing with the brothers, the niggas. We thought my son was going to be playing with niggas. That's what we were trying to do. Okay, let's, like I said, on the podcast, I can take the chains off. All right, what I was trying to do is to get my son, who was a suburban kid, grew up in a suburban area, and that's fine. Steph Curry grew up in the suburbs. A lot of, a lot of great players grew up in a suburban area. Michael Jordan didn't grow up in the city. He grew up in the suburbs. So that's not a knock on him, but what I was trying to instill in him is nigga tendencies. I wanted my son to have dark-skinned, nappy-headed, Negro, Northside, Minneapolis, Southside, Frogtown, St. Paul, Cockroach Park tendencies. I wanted him to get it. And when I said, so I told his mom, we got to get him out of the suburbs where we're at. We got to bring him into the city where this word smog and crime and bullets and guns and hookers and cigarette butts. We got to get my son into the dirt and the sewer. So she said, okay. We signed and got him with the Lakers. We thought he was going to be playing with the niggas. Turns out he got a team full of fucking white boys. That's still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fucking team full of white boys. He's the only nigga. And he, and he represented. He got the juice, too. So anyway, my son got the juice, right? My son, he's not um, what is what is it? He's not a, a beta kind of kid. He will fight for what he feels and what he wants to do. So anyway, 
the season starts out, it's, it's okay, but I'm noticing my son isn't getting the playing time. My wife notices this too. She's like, babe, he's not getting the playing time, this and that. And I'm like, okay, but he's playing with better players now. Now, of course, as the father and the male masculine energy in the house, I have to quiet her need to, my baby, I want my baby to play. He's supposed to be, I'm telling her, look, babe, it's a different world now. If you can't produce, the coach ain't going to put you in, right? And me, myself, I didn't know where my son was. I hadn't seen him play in a while, so I didn't know. I was like, you are playing a gold team, upper echelon, more reputable team. Can my son, is my son fit here? Does he fit here? Does Cinco fit here? I know he's cute to you guys, but I'm thinking, does he fit here? So I'm like, he might not be good enough, babe. He, it might just be a thing where he has to ride the bench on a good team. Then finally, my son gets on the court. <clears throat> Goddamn, my son gets on the motherfucking court. Tarzan. I wanted to change his name to fucking Tarzan. This little nigga gets on the court, going through his legs. This nigga threw a no-look pass like Stefan Sebastian Telfair. Stefan Marbury, the originator. He threw a no-look pass like Stefan Marbury or Sebastian Telfair would do in the Coney Island projects. That's what he did. He threw a pass and looked at me and pointed and said, Dad, did it make it? He's out there hitting threes. So now there's these other players that are on the Minneapolis Lakers. And I found out a little bit more after talking to the coach because I had to yank my son off the goddamn tournament. Yanked him in the tournament, guys. I'm not fucking... Fuck. What do you guys want me to say? The tournament. The big game. The big tournament. This is for all the marbles. I grabbed my son and took him off in the middle of the fucking game. Halftime. Bye. Give me his jersey. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? Yeah, that's what Simba Ali did. But anyways, before it got to that, so my son is starting to play good. But the difference is all the coaches have kids that are on the team. One of the coaches has a kid who's a center, so he's not really a threat to, to Cinco. Cinco's not a big center. He's a guard. But the person, the, the coach's son, the head coach's son, plays guard. And let's talk about this kid right fast. Like I said, I got to get, get on the road fast, so we're going to pod for a little bit. But let's talk about, so some people would say this coach's son is okay. We're going to call him Juice. We'll call him Juice. He has a name like my favorite character from the movie Juice, so we're going to call him Juice. Okay? He has a name that's the same name as my favorite character, in the movie Juice with Tupac Shakur and Omar Epps. So for the sake of this, I don't want to call the kid out. That's not what I do. We're going to call him Juice. Juice is okay at best. Juice, because his father is the head coach, already knows he's going to shoot 50 times. Win, lose, or draw. You got 50 shots. You can do whatever you want with Juice. So is Juice good? I don't know. When I look at him, Juice never crossed anybody over and made them fall out their shoes. Juice never did like my son did with the no-look pass and then pointed dad did it. Juice didn't do anything where me as a basketball player who grew up playing in the parks of South Minneapolis at Cockroach Park and Cedar Riverside in the basketball courts, North Commons and Jordan Park in North Minneapolis and Fairview Park. Me, where I play basketball, where it gets dirty and grit, I don't look at Bishop and say, oh, sorry, oop, fucked up. I don't look at juice, okay? <laughs> Shit! Fuck! Oh, you assholes. We're back. We're back. Fuck. You got me.
<sighs> sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Everybody sit down, sit down. We'll say juice. Juice, we're gonna say juice. So juice, juice, he's never done nothing that's made me jump out of my seat. He just scores a lot because his dad's the head coach and he knows he has 50 shots in the pocket. Juice kind of reminds me of a guy we played with. Rest in peace to Curtis Jones, one of the hardest Native American uh, niggas I ever met. Beat my ass at Sanford. I'm gonna keep it real. Like I say, the podcast is real. Curtis Jones, Southside legend, passed away last year. 2021, we lost Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones was one of the toughest Native Americans to ever grace this country. I'll put it to you like this. If this country was filled with the kind of Native Americans that Curtis Jones was, white folks would have never fucking made it in here. Okay, I'm going to keep it a bean. So we're just going to give Curtis Jones his flowers. If this nation was filled with Indians of the bloodline of Curtis Jones, white people and niggas wouldn't be here. <laughs> okay? Curtis Jones was a tough, bad motherfucker. Good heart. If he loved you, he's going to ride with you. If Curtis Jones loves you, he's going to ride with you. He'll show up in a party full of the opposition with his pistol and get you out of there or y'all both going to die. Curtis Jones is a fucking soldier. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Like I said, kick my motherfucking ass my first day at Sanford. Yeah. All this. What the fuck are you guys protesting about? You guys don't go to school where it's like me. I went to Eastside High. And Joe Clark always cared about us. We're going to get to that later. But let's stay on Curtis Jones. Now, Curtis Jones played basketball for South High. Curtis Jones averaged probably 30 points. I seen Curtis Jones score 60 fucking points in a game. Yes, Curtis Jones. Now, if you ask me, was Curtis Jones a good player? No. <laughs> no. But Curtis Jones would go to the point guard and say, nigga, if you don't let me score, I'm going to fucking beat your ass and we're going to fucking shoot, clap your whole little shit up. Right? So the guards would just let him score. And the coach was so scared of Curtis Jones because the coach, because Curtis Jones would punk the coach. Shut up, fucking. Shut up, Tyler. I'm doing what the fuck I want to do. I ain't coming out. I'm shooting what I want to shoot. So that's what I'm saying. So you guys see the atmosphere that Curtis Jones played in? So when you look at the stats, you'd be like, oh, damn, Curtis Jones scored 50. Yeah, but it was on 27 to 68 shooting, okay? <laughs> so that's that's juice on Simpsons team. We're, we're translating it back. I hope you guys are following me in this story. The whole point of me talking about Curtis Jones was Curtis Jones looked nice in the status, but he wasn't a baller like that. He was nice. Curtis Jones was nice. He'll ball you. But he never, you know, not D1 but if you look at his stats, you will say, well, how is this guy not going D1? He scored 50 points, 30 points, 50 points. That's coming from the coach scared of him. So it lets him chuck up as many shots as he want. And he's punking all the opposing guards who know Curtis Jones is with the shits. So you don't want to lose your life over a goddamn game. Nigga, ain't that serious. Nigga, I'm not, nigga, if I was one of the guards, I would let Curtis Jones score. Hey, go ahead, Curtis. I'm not trying to feel that. Nigga, I don't want that pressure. Pressure? Nigga, I don't want that motherfucking pressure. Feel me? So... But I'm just saying, we transfer that over to Juice on my son's team. His dad being the head coach. His dad's the head coach. He knows I got 50 shots. I can shoot as many bad shots as I want. So on paper, and when you watch it, you be like, oh, Bishop is, you know, he look at them. Oh, he got 20 points. But when you look at the game, you don't think of what Bi Oh, I said his name again. God damn it. Fucking sorry. But when you look at Juice... You don't think, you don't, when you watch the game, you don't think like Juice killed, Juice did this. You just remember him scoring a lot because he got to take a lot of shots. 
So he's starting in the position that my son should be playing. My son should be the starting point guard, right? But he's battling with Juice, who is the son of the coach. Now, there's another coach who has the son. Now, this kid, beautiful personality. Beautiful personality. We'll call him In Charge. He has a name that goes with my favorite show, In Charge. The In Charge of my day and my nights. This guy in charge of my days. Now, this little kid has a beautiful personality. And both him and one of the other coaches' sons did a great job of integrating my son to the team. Those two kids got good personalities. But anyway, he's one of the coaches' sons. But he puts up some shots that are a little bit questionable. Good spirit, but your shots are questionable. And then what they tried to do with my son is, is, is shackle him and make him so scared to shoot that he would just give the ball to the sons of the other coaches so they could shine. And what I learned is that the Minneapolis Lakers is basically a funnel system of basketball into like Southeast Minneapolis, the Southeast Minneapolis, the school Southeast or Southwest. I think it's Southwest. So there's a whole little political game that we got wrapped up in there. But mainly what I've seen is a group of men that were crushing the dreams of kids. They tried to crush my son's dream. My son just has too big of a spirit and he, he comes from too big of a family of warriors to let some cowards, like the two head coaches, crush his spirit. He just fought back and got punished with playing time. There's another kid, we'll call him the Red Rocket. Another kid, the Red Rocket, They this was his first time playing um, basketball, the Red Rocket. Now, the Red Rocket is a good, what sport does the Red Rocket play? I was talking with this, he plays a sport that he's good at. And I was like, wow, some sport, it's like soccer, baseball, some other sport, lacrosse, some other sport that the Red Rocket plays, he is very good at. It might be soccer. It might be like, like soccer. Yeah, the Red Rocket plays soccer, one of the top soccer players in the nation. So he knows sports. But on this team, with the help of the coaches and the little asshole kids, all the kids on my son's team were little, were, were little fuckers. You little fucking dipshit dickheads. All of them. Every last one of the kids, except for two. There's two that weren't little dipshit fuckers. All the rest of them, dipshit fuckers. Okay? But anyways, little Red Rocket, this is his first time playing. And with the help of the coaches and the players, they, they put so much pressure on him not to shoot that he lost his love for basketball. We would see him pass up the rocket. We would see Red Rocket pass up wide open shots out of fear that he didn't want to he didn't want to happen to him what was happening to my son. He was looking at my son Cinco and like, damn dog, I'm even getting more minutes than you because I can get the ball to Juice or I can get the ball to the player's sons. Every time my son stepped on the court, he would fight. He's like his dad in a different way. My son's not gonna be like me verbally. He is like me inside when he wants to fight the power that be. My son wants to fight the power. So when my son stepped on the court, he's shooting threes like Steph Curry, launching them, hitting them. You know, he missed once or twice, you know. And a lot of the mistakes that my son made came from just his, his, his apprehensiveness of being on the court, not wanting to mess up, you know, not having the freedom of messing up. Now, me, you guys know I coach. So first of all, when I see something like this going on, I'm like, there's a difference between the sport and the character. Our job as a coach, like I said, I've coached for probably about three, almost four years now. And our job as coaches, especially with kids, is to develop, is to develop young men into men. 
to give them lessons and values that they're going to be able to take into life. They might not be NBA players, but the values that I give you, you're going to be able to take and use in life. That's the job of a coach. If you are a coach of kids who are 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, and all you're focused on is getting wins for your own male ego, you're a fucking asshole. And I'd like to challenge you to a fight and fuck you up in front of your wife and kids, personally. What kind of man is so focused on getting a win which you don't get paid for? No coaches get millions and millions of dollars of checks for wins. No, you just get to coach again next year. You might get a little bonus or something, a gift card to $100 gift card. But you don't, come on, man, is that worth squashing the red rocket? When I teach kids, I don't give a fuck who. If there's a kid that can't play as good, we're still going to get him a, a bucket. Why? Because his mom's in the goddamn audience. His dad's in the audience. These kids are trying to show their parents and feel good in front of their parents. Why would you rob them of that? For a fucking win or a loss, which is basically a coin flip at this age. Systems, coaches, and players, that really doesn't matter until you get to like high school. At this age, you can put the best kid on a team, he might win or lose. His shots might fall. He might not play with other good players. There's so many, there's so many factors that go into the game at this age when it's development and we're still learning and we're nervous and we're trying to, you see what I'm saying? So these two coaches are assholes. These two fucking coaches are dickheads. I really would like to challenge them to like a fight that we could get paid for just so I could beat their ass. When I pulled my son off the court, I was hoping they said something so I could fucking punch him right in the face in front of my son and everybody. Yep, dad got took to jail because he went too far. So anyway, that's that's kind of what I, that's basically what I've been going through um, with my son and the Lakers. I've had to, I had to pull him off because like I said, it's the character issue. And then the final draw was my son took a shot in the championship game. So anyway, like I said, he was doing things like my son would score a point and he would pull my son out. Which you never do as a coach. I don't give a fuck what happens. If a player scores, you keep him in to see this motherfucker might score 50 points and give me the win. If the win is what you want so bad. So the fact that my son scored in a game when it's the number one court in the city of Fridley, big court. You know what I mean? This is the court where all the big guys play. My son... And he wanted to play it. He scored the first bucket. They was really they were struggling with this team. They couldn't do it. Give it to Cinco. Cinco goes for the layup. Boom, rolls it. Let's go, fellas. Shake this shit off, man. Because he plays here. Cinco grew up playing on this. You little suburbanite kids, while well, I thought you guys were city kids, Cinco's the real city kid. He got on the friendly court and was like, what y'all looking all scared for, man? Let's get these, let's get these niggas. Rolled on him. Bing. What does the coach do after my son makes a layup? Timeout, takes him out. My son doesn't get back in for the rest of the whole. That right there woke me up to something deeper and darker is going on. And then, before I get off this subject, they have a player, we're just going to call him 34, who is a fucking dickhead, a horrible little kid, and all he needs is some males around. A lot of kids are dickheads, and I was a little dickhead one time. Yeah, what the fuck? I was a little asshole dickhead when I was young. Until I got around some alpha males that broke me out of that shit. Bro, you can't be no little dickhead and smart-ass motherfucker to every person. You don't know what that motherfucker over there will do to you, bro. Can you kick everybody's ass? Are you willing to get your ass kicked by everybody? Yeah, then you need to relax and show a little bit more respect. But so this kid, 34, we'll just say 34. He's one of the worst as far as personalities. He has one of the worst personalities I've ever seen in a kid. A horrible... He looks like the green... He looks like Mr. Smithers. 
You guys know Mr. Smithers from The Simpsons? Hello, is it Mr. Smithers? Mr. Smithers, right? Is it Mr. Oh, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns, that's what he looks like. He looks like Burns, Mr. Smithers. Mr. Smithers is Burns' assistant. Smithers? Yeah, he looks like Mr. Burns, man. That evil, just hunched over evil look. That's how 34 looks. And he did the best thing he could to alienate my son. He wouldn't pass my son the ball. Just a little dickhead. But this number 34 got to play, start, was never reprimanded, never ran laps, never. I didn't see the coach pull him to the side and chastise him. I think the coach is fucking his mom. That's what I'm, I, I'm going to say. It. This is the podcast. I speak freely. I think that the coach, the head coach, was fucking 34's mom because 34 didn't score. You guys tell me. You guys call me. This is for you guys. Tell me. If you're a coach and you got a player who doesn't score, he can't score. His game is horrible. He's a little skinny little, um, he's a little skinny little stick figure. Amadeus looking motherfucker. Ichabod Crane looking motherfucker. Ain't got no kind of meat to his bones. So, so he doesn't score. He can't do anything. Why is he playing? Even if he had a good attitude, he wouldn't be playing. But now you put a bad attitude on this player. Why the fuck is he playing? You guys come up with your own theories. I'm just throwing shit on the wall, seeing what sticks. But I know I wouldn't, I don't know. Hey, what my excuse would be. If I, if I wasn't married to my lovely, beautiful wife and I was a single coach and there's a player who had a mom who was single also who was across the thing, you would have to ask some questions. If her son was playing and he couldn't score and he had a bad attitude, but he started every game. If you guys wanted to ask that question to me, I would have to say, hey, it's valid. It's valid. I can't say word of that coach. Yeah, motherfucker, you got a guy, you got a kid starting who just took his shoes off in the middle of the game and threw them. He took his shoes off and threw them and said, I don't want to play. And you went and grabbed the shoes and tied them back on his feet and said, yes, you are. And he started the very next game and started that game and threw three air balls up. Nobody says anything. My son comes in the game, shoots one shot that's not in the fucking archaic fucking playbook that you guys got going on. That's another thing. The Minneapolis Lakers suck. They got this archaic fucking way of playing. It's white folks way. It's the way white people play basketball before my people introduced the rhythm and culture and fucking flow to it. Yeah, swing, pass, swing, pass until motherfuckers get so, so tired of watching the ball. they like, fuck it, go ahead, man, and score. That's how the Lakers play basketball. I didn't see no pick and rolls unless my son ran it. So, like I said, we're done. We learned our lesson. From this point on, I will be coaching my son until I can hand him off to a reputable high school or college coach. I might have to coach him in high school. I don't feel comfortable giving my son, who is probably going to be one of the greatest basketball players to come out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, I don't feel comfortable giving him to motherfuckers like the head coaches of the Minneapolis Lakers sixth grade goal team. I'll never do that shit again. Never again. I didn't know guys got down like that. I didn't know there was grown men who crushed dreams of kids. You two bitches are cowards. I just want you to know that. The two, and you know who I'm talking to, you two coward motherfuckers crushing dreams of kids explain why don't you talk to him and tell him what it is what he's doing wrong you can't because there's really no explanation to what's going on like i said for you not to be disciplining number 34 the rest of the kids see that see what i'm saying so like i said i don't want to go down that road but yeah then so the tournament game came and i'm sitting over there watching and my son's not playing he's sitting on the bench all of a sudden they put him in and you know my son Cinco, he don't give a fuck. As soon as he gets in, gets the ball, chucks up a three. Everybody on the whole team said, no. His mom gave me a look. 
You know, you guys know that look. Wifey gives you the look that John Q's wife. Remember John Q and she do something, you know? <laughs> you know that look when the look that Denzel's wife gave him in John Q. When he when do something, you better do something. She gave me that look like, you better do something. So I had to fuck that. Give me my son. Come on, grab. We out of here. I took my son off the fucking court. Fuck the fucking Lakers, man. Sorry, wrong button. You know what I meant to hit the clap button. I deserve claps for that. That's father of the year shit. Because some people would say, you're not supposed to teach your son to quit. No, that was the whole purpose of sticking it out as long as we did. Because I didn't want my son to think, just when shit gets tough, you quit. No. But you do stand up for yourself. Once you feel disrespected on a human level, that surpasses sport, that surpasses business, that surpasses everything. You disrespecting me on a human level, I'm out. Or I gotta fuck you up. One of the two, that's the only thing that I know. That's the only lesson that I've learned through my years. Is that if you disrespect me on a human level, I have to separate from you or fuck you up. That's it. And that's what it came to with the last game. It was no more about the playing time. It was no more about the system. It was no more. It had anything to do with basketball. You two assholes are to the point where I have to come across and fuck you up or take my son and we're going to exit stage left. So I chose to take my son and exit stage left. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, I did. I did the right thing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It, it, it. it took a lot. It wasn't easy. It was not easy, but I did it. Thank you. Ah, so anyway, that's what's going on with the with that. So my son, like I said, from now on, I'll be coaching my son in that. So we'll just we'll just do this hand in fucking hand. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm gonna make sure he gets the clock. I'm gonna make sure he gets everything that he needs because playing time is crucial. And but I'm not gonna rob some other kid to give my son shine. I'm gonna figure out how I can shine with all of us because you're never gonna get 10 great players, right? So my whole point was not take uh, juice off the team or make juice ride the bench, move him over to a good position. Why is he bringing the ball up? Kobe doesn't bring the ball up. Michael Jordan didn't bring the ball up. Only great player that brings the ball up is LeBron James and that's cause he was never coached. <laughs> so he has, he played in the AAU system. Give it to Will. <laughs> you guys remember that in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? The, not the new, not the, the new one the kids are watching. I'm talking about my generation, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now this is the story all about how my life that. You guys remember the episode when Will Smith played basketball and they were like, give it to Will, give it to Will because he was the only came from Philly and he was playing the white boys. That's not a way to fucking play. That's how LeBron James grew up playing, though. So that's why, to this day, he's the point guard when he really should be off the ball. And that's the same thing with Juice. Why is Juice being the point guard? My son should be the point guard. Juice should be the two or the three. And we fill up around, you know, we got players. And we come out and we dog teams. And then you coach my son. Hey, man, this is how you got to run point guard. So, like I said, that's, that's where I was. That's what I was going through. But yeah, I had to do the Lonzo ball. I did the Lonzo ball. Not the Lonzo ball, I'm sorry, the, the LeVar ball. I had to do the LeVar ball. Grab my fucking son, we walked off. Ah, what's going on? Is uh, Brittany Griner still fucking detained over there in goddamn Russia? Is she still in Russia for them fucking vapes? Holy shit, man. God damn. Was it worth it for the vapes? Shit. What are you doing over there anyway? Why am I in Russia? 
when this shit's going on. The second any conflict goes on with any country, we're supposed to be the fuck out of there. When arguments start happening, we're, we're bags are packed. Anytime we're in a, a third world or another corn, another foreign nation and motherfuckers start getting hostile, man, my bags are out the front fucking door. We're ready to get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, that's going on. Oh, free claim, free Cain Velasquez, man. Oh, man. Yeah, Cain Velasquez, man. Free Cain Velasquez, man. Shit, man. Fucking molester. Chester the molester. Let a motherfucker fuck with me. Nigga, you gonna die. I think any motherfucker that fucks with kids should die a gruesome death. They should die by being quartered. You know what quartered is? When you tie a hand and your limbs to horses and then you make the horses run in different ways and they rip the body apart. That's what happened in the child molesters. So can we free Cain Velasquez? Nobody got killed. Nigga, nigga got shot in the arm. Nigga, that's you just casualty of war. Why was you sitting so close to a fucking rapist? That's the question. Fuck was you sitting? Who, who sits close to a rapist and you should be strangling that motherfucker? What the fuck are you doing? Nigga, please. Nigga got shot. Nigga in the ass, nigga. Fuck are you talking about, man? Let Kane out. So yeah, Kane Velasquez caught up to a motherfucker. Who, one thing I do want to know, though, how the fuck was this guy raping for a hundred times? I guess he had been raping it like multiple times with this. Man, maybe she didn't say anything. I don't know. I'm not judging. I'm just saying, fuck. But free Kane Velasquez, man. Shot that motherfucker. Yeah, he did. Kane walked up on him and gave him a Hey, hey, you. Is this, is this Honcho? Hey, yeah, Hector. Yeah, yeah, Kane walked up on him like, is this Hector? Hector, can you say, hey, hey, Hector, bow, hey, hey, oh, shit, can yeah, yeah, bow, yeah, you fuck with my fucking knees, Hector, yeah, yeah, bow, yeah, andale, andale, mija, andale, andale, yeah, fuck you, motherfucker, free Cain Velasquez, and any fucking pedophile, child molesting fucker out there, I hope that you're, you get fucking gasoline poured on your balls and set on fire, so you can never use that shit again, I hope that you get your balls Put in a dresser drawer, one of them old school dresser drawers that grandma used to have. You know, them old school wood dressing drawers. I hope somebody put your balls in them and slam it, slam and slam until your balls fall off. You motherfucker. I hope a motherfucker, for the child molesters, I hope a motherfucker just slices you with the box cutter a thousand times and then pours lemon juice and lemon and salt and acid on your fucking body every time they cut. And then we lock you in a closet and stick a broomstick up your ass until it comes out your mouth. That's what I think should happen to child molesters. So the fact that this child molester ain't dead, you know what I mean? I think that Cain Velasquez should be let out. He, he did a good thing. This motherfucker should be dead. He should be dead, dead, dead. DOA on arrival. Hector shot in the ass. For fucking with little kids. Fuck you talking about, man. Fucking with me out here. Ah, so what's going on right now? Like I said, we're having a good time podcasting. Um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the teachers are out protesting. I just want to talk about this for a minute. I did a post and everybody got in their fucking underwears about it. And what I was trying to say, and I'm, I'm standing on it, fuck the teachers. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to mix my words. Fuck all the teachers, okay? All you teachers out there, 90% of them, and the people are like, well, not... Not my wife. And I'm not talking about the small group of teachers. Like I said, Miss Lewis. I had a great teacher, Miss Lewis. I had a bunch of fucked up ones, though. Miss Lewis stands out because she was the one teacher that cared. She came to my house. Do you understand that? We don't hold teachers to a high enough um, standard the same way that we don't hold nurses and doctors to a high standard. You got a bunch of people when the vaccination shit was going on. You got nurses. Nurses. Nurses, the nurse, the bitch with the scrubs, the stupid, ugly, fat bitch with the scrubs, black and white, black and white nurse bitches with scrubs who are out smoking on their cigarette break are going to say, 
I'm a nurse, so you should get vaccinated. Is anybody in here a nurse? I am. I work in... Bitch! You were... You fucking get the piss and you get the band-aids, you fucking bitch. Fuck are you talking about? I'm a nurse, so I... You're not a fucking... Shut up. You don't know anything about health. That's like somebody saying, I'm an American. Okay. Do you know anything about the Trilateral Commission? <laughs> Just because you're an American doesn't mean you know all about what it takes and what goes on in the runnings of this country and the secrets. You don't know everything about America just because you're an American. Same way that a nurse, you don't know what's good for health. Obviously, you don't. You're smoking a cigarette on your fucking brain. And that's the same thing I feel with the fucking teachers. You fucking teachers out there. What do you guys want? How many teachers, hands in the air, are falsely diagnosing mostly black, inner city, and... um? minority kids with wrong special education diagnosis. You're diagnosing kids with special education needs and disabilities because they have behavior problems. That's not right. So when I look at all the teachers out there as I ride through North Minneapolis and they're twerking, this filthy whore was twerking. Bunch of them. Whores. White women too. Yeah, I'm telling you, white people are going down the path of niggas. White people used to be the, 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 the bear holders and say, hold on, we got somebody has to drive. White people are now in the back seat dancing. I drove through North Minneapolis and I counted about 10 white bitches and about 15 Negro bitches twerking, holding signs, marching while little girls were looking at them. You're still teaching. You're still teaching. Even though you're going viral and you're. You're trying to latch on to some social media thing to get your likes and to get your views and to get your day off. I respect it. Everybody needs a day off. That's why I respect the kids being out there. This isn't about the kids. I'll never say anything about all the kids that are out there. All the kids that were out protesting in North Minneapolis and South Minneapolis, good job. You, the kids just want a day off. And so do the adults. But just say that. Don't grab picket signs and start acting like you care about the kids. You don't care about the kids. The inner cities and the, the Twin Cities, both St. Paul and Minneapolis, have some of the highest rates of special, special education needs kids. 70 to 80 percent of the kids that are diagnosed with special education needs are diagnosed with the, are diagnosed because they have behavior problems. Well, when I grew up, like I said, Miss Lewis came to my home. You guys remember watching that movie? Um, what's the movie? Lean on me. Lean on me. When you're not strong, and I'll be your friend, I'll help you carry on. Remember the movie Lean On Me? Remember Joe Clark? Remember when the girl was having behavior problems? What did Joe Clark do? He would go to the house. What is going on? Hands in the air, how many teachers go to the kid's house that are having behavior problems? Or do you check him off and send him out of class? And then at the end of the day, you sit with the teachers and talk about how bad Jamal is. And how he doesn't even come in his mind. All these problems about Jamal. And we and that, that how many people put Jamal in the special needs now? He has EBD, ADHD. Jamal has problems at home that are the reason why he's acting out in school. And you're falsely diagnosing him. Why? Because you, white bitches and black Negro bitches, you see being a teacher, which is the most highest honor a human being could have. I'm teaching kids. I'm teaching kids. It's the highest thing that you can do. But you bitches, you white pimple face bitches and you Negro wig wearing whores. 
You look at that like a job. This is just a paycheck. I want my money so I can go get my clothes. That's all it is. You can't wait till you're two weeks so you can get a paycheck. That's not what teaching is. Just like that's not what law enforcement is supposed to be. There are certain jobs where a paycheck is not supposed to define why you do it. That's just a perk. You're, I've always wanted to be a police officer. I, I, I've always protected people and I'm always stopping crime. My paycheck is just something that helps me pay the rent. I'm, you, you understand that? How many teachers? I'm asking out there with the picket signs, North Minneapolis and South Minneapolis, how many teachers get involved in the kids with behavioral issues in their home, go to see what's up with their parents, go see what's up in their home stability. Are they eating? 70 to 80% of children in the inner cities are falsely diagnosed because of the teachers who are out protesting. They're falsely diagnosed with behavioral issues, ADHD, EBD, learning disability, because they have behavior problems. That doesn't mean he can't learn. That motherfucker can learn. If I kick, his, kick him in his ass, I'm just joking, but he can learn. No, learning disability is dyslexia. The numbers are backwards. The letters are inside out. That's a learning disability. Just because Jerome, who is fucking 11, year old, 11 years old, can't sit still, that's not a reason to put him in the learning disability camp. But I, but shouts out to all the teachers out there protesting because we do know that a special education student is worth twice, almost three times as much as a regular student. You see the incentives are fucked up? Just like the vaccinations, it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough when you say that a patient is worth twice as much for me not to diagnose the common cold as COVID. It's just human nature. We need more money. We want more money. We don't need more money. We want more money. So that common cold that would have been a cold, COVID. And that kid that can't sit still, EBD, ADHD, teach, take him outside. I was talking with my wife about that today. How the fuck do you teach science in a classroom? The periodic table was something that just used to fascinate me. Get the fuck outside. I'm, I'm, I, I am so, I am so disappointed in the structure of teaching because we are not teaching how Asians are teaching. We are not teaching how, competitive, how the competitive nations around the world are teaching. We teach sports. I walked in the, the high school with my wife, the game that I walked out with my son, and there's trophies for basketball. There's trophies for swimming. There's trophies for wrestling, boxing, baseball, soccer, football. You don't see a fucking trophy case for the best scientific fucking wizard. I don't see a trophy for the fucking meteorologist, biologist, scientist, mathematician. Where's the math trophies at? Where's the trophies where the kid, Zach, math, fucking wizard, gold, where's that at? That's our teachers. Our teachers are so corrupted into getting paid and turning something that is the highest honor on the planet Earth that one could obtain, which is to have a kid say, you teach me something. You mold my mold and impressionable mind so I can grow up and contribute back to the world. Highest honor in the world. Like being a father. I don't take this shit lightly with my son. So I don't know how you deadbeat dads can walk out on your fucking kid and just leave him to me. Now I gotta fucking kick his ass in the Walmart because you didn't fucking raise him right. Now I gotta beat your son's ass as a grown man because he didn't learn how to talk or he didn't learn how to excuse me. Now I gotta fuck him up and cub. It's your fault. 
And it's your teacher's fault. All the teachers out there marching and protesting. You bitches, you whores. Why don't you talk about my wife's a teacher? Don't be talking about my wife. Well, I'm talking about her if she's in falls in the line that I'm that I'm describing. If your wife is truly a great teacher, then I'm not talking about her right now. Like Muhammad Ali said, if you release a thousand snakes at me and all the snakes are coming to bite me, I can't focus on the three that aren't. Got it? I said you fucking got it. If thousands of snakes are coming at me, I can't say, oh, those three in the back, I don't think they're going to do anything, so I'm not going to, man, I'm killing every snake that I see. We don't worry about the minority. Are there good teachers out there? Yes, my mom is one of them. My mother works in the field. I don't talk like this just easily. My mother works in, this, in the education field. My mother also brought a kid home that made, and made him my brother named Moses. Love Moses to this day. But that's my mom. She's, she's meant for that. My mom has that, oh, he don't got a good life. She adopted a kid and brought him into our home. That's a teacher. My mother's a teacher. My mother has concussions, multiple concussions. Kathy Pierce, multiple concussions because she's, she's knocking, kids are knocking her over in the fucking lunchroom because she's dealing with all these bad kids and she's trying to normalize them to get them back into school system. My mom is on the front line of trying to get EBD and special needs kids integrated back into life. She had 12 concussions because of this shit. My mother. Big KGP. So I don't talk like this lightly. Motherfucker, if you ain't doing it like my mother, get the fuck out of the teaching thing. You ain't got no concussions. Bitch, you ain't no fucking teacher. Bitch. How are you a teacher and you ain't got no fucking concussions? How are you a teacher and you ain't brought no kids from uh, the, the, the uh, what do they call that shit? The, the system. What is that shit called with the kids? The, you know, the, the system. Social system. Social, social justice system. How you ain't bringing kids into homes? My mom did. She brought a kid in our home. She didn't bring him into somebody else's home. She brought one of the motherfuckers in our home. Made him my brother. I love him to this day. Moses, my brother. But don't talk. Don't give me these bitches that are just showing up for work. Putting. I, so what do you want? What is the protest about? We want more. And don't be fooled. Don't, don't, don't miss the fact that there's a big tie between the protest. And you see a lot of the, the teachers have signs that are talking about mental health. Why? Wait a second. Why is mental health being tied into this? I thought this was more about the classrooms. I thought we wanted to get smaller class size because you bitches ain't teachers. You bitches ain't teachers, so you can only teach two people. Makes it easy. Miss Lewis had a whole fucking stadium full of loud niggas with tattoos on gang shit. Miss Lewis had kids in Wilder Contemporary. All my niggas who went to Wilder Contemporary and then we got moved to Fundamentals. I'm sorry, we went to Wilder Fundamentals and then we got moved to Contemporary because we was bad. Miss Lewis, a whole classroom. She come in there, shut, she tell all of us, you better shut the fuck up. That's what Miss Lewis would say. You better shut the fuck up. Now you motherfuckers can learn. Fuck with me. Yeah, I, I, and she would let us know. And why would Miss Lewis talk like that? Because she lets you know, she, I care about every last one of you. You could always Miss Lewis, I'm having, so what's going on, baby? I, I'm hungry. I ain't got nothing to eat. I can't really learn. I can't even think, Miss Lewis. I ain't ate nothing today. Come on, baby. Miss Lewis, walk you down. Give him one of them. Give him some of that. Give him some of that. Go on in the corner and eat. And when you're done eating, get your ass back in here and knock this fucking test out. Who else is next? Miss Lewis, Tashana's pregnant. Pregnant? I'm going. Tashana, you pregnant? Miss, hands on. You fucking bitches want smaller classrooms, bigger laptops, softer rugs. 
better scrubs, softer chairs, more time for breaks. You guys want it easy. You want it all easy so you can just, that's like the coaches. Oh, you're a, you're a coach? So you want a star running back. You want a star quarterback. You want a star receivers. You want a star line. You want a star defense. Then what the fuck do I need you for? What the fuck do I need you for? If your quarterback's a star, running back's a star, wide receivers are a star, your defense is a star, and your line is a star, what are you coaching? The point of being a coach is to give me what you're going to give me. I coached. I took a team of bad news bears, kids who never played before, and we fucking competed. We was playing against level fucking one D1 college kids, it felt like. Them kids was, and my boys was out there running with them. I seen my boys, shout out to Tyreek and the twins. We seen them in the, in the tournament for Coon Rapids, doing good. They had the look on their face like, how is Cinco not starting? Like, like Tyree was looking like, yo, Cinco, it used to be, Ty Tyree was like, me and Cinco used to go back and forth. Like, how are you not starting, B? You, you nice. Cinco just like, yeah, I'm playing with these square-ass dudes. They, they don't understand my freedom. Never again. Anyways, I don't know where I was going. I was going down a wormhole. But the point of that is that you don't get star players and just like teachers. You don't get a classroom full of quiet kids. Hello, Miss... Hello, Miss Davis. I know all the answers. I come from a perfect household. I'm not gonna give you any trouble today. All of us. No! You gotta add a loud kid who comes in and says, I ain't doing shit today. Mr. Bradley, I ain't doing a fucking thing today. Fuck you. Oh, good, this is a challenge. This is a challenge. This is teaching. This is a teachable moment. Fuck the books. All you teachers are good at teaching kids how to circle A, circle B, circle C, circle D. That's all. You're not teaching. You're teaching when Jerome comes into class and says, I ain't learning a fucking thing today, Mr. Whitaker. Suck my dick, Mr. Whitaker. Now it's a teachable moment. Not only for me, for him, for the class. Everybody gets to learn. fuck you talking about? Do you support? No, I don't support motherfuckers ushering kids into edu special education. That's all that's going on in the school system. There's no difference between the teachers and the nurses. The same way the nurses usher motherfuckers into medicine, no nurses sitting down and really talking about health and how to stay healthy and how to not come in this motherfucker. How many nurses talk to patients about, hey man, I'm gonna tell you how to not come in this motherfucker. No, take this, drink this. This will suit. Take this. You want to come have a cigarette with me while we talk about it and go? Come on, man. You guys are all part of the same fucking sickness. Teachers and nurses are like police and thieves. Same fucking thing. Ah, so that's what's going on. Thank everybody for coming out. Like I said, I just wanted to offer that. Yeah, I wanted to offer that. You guys know that my podcast is like my therapy. Do you guys know that? That I come to you guys and now I feel so much better going out into the rest of the world. I don't have to lean on my wife. My wife gets so much pressure. My wife just wants to, you know, my wife wants other things, okay? My wife doesn't want me to fucking go into these controversial rants. So I got to do them here. That way when I, me and her can just relax. But yes, thank you guys for coming to the podcast. We are back once a week. Free Kane Velasquez. Um, I think we're going to touch on the genius Kanye West documentary. We'll probably talk about that next week. Um, I might be podcasting from vacation. You guys will never know. Just stay, like I said, every week you're going to get one. Every week you're going to get a podcast episode and you're going to get clip on the North Star TV. So it's just about where the location happens at. But um, 
Everybody stay safe. Like I said, thank you for tuning in to the North Star Podcast, TNSP. Don't forget, common sense is the best form of currency because you can use it anywhere. I am gone.